Warning, warning. Two idiots are reading the SCP files over the intercom. Please take shelter and await further communication. Hello and welcome back to Discovering SCP. It's me, Tanhani. You know me. It's the real me this time, not a robot. And it's <laughs> this time. And uh, this time it's me, the fake Darnell, not the real one. I am a robot. You see, he'll, he'll, he won't be able to pronounce some words. You'll notice this during the course of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Safe, I uh, can't read <laughs> Roman numerals. Uh, I really struggle with Arpica. Arca. Arca. What's that word? With the islands? Okay, I'm applying red structure to you. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It's pain for robots. Eh. <laughs> red structure. You should put that in Aetheral space. <laughs> Me when I apply the red structure. Alright, so um, last time we were reading an article, and I know what you must be thinking. Wow, those guys are going to finish it, right? No. Um, Tanhoney, what is the plan? Uh, the plan. I'm glad you asked, don't know, you little fucker. Uh, the plan is, we will get back to it very soon, but we're going to start the episode by reading a new one, just to sort of, so we're not just reading okay. it uninterrupted. We, we are probably going to finish it this, day, this episode. I might need a brief recap of the other one, too. We'll, my, we'll do that when we get back memory. to it. Absolutely. So why don't you start me off with this palate cleanser? So this is the latest article on the SCP Wiki. This is fresh off the fucking presses. Oh, so we're going back to the old system? Well, for this one, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This is SCP-6294, The Aeroplane, by uh, Cravium. Hi, Cravium. Hi. Wait, there's no upvote module. How do I rate it? You can't. Impossible. It's fucked up. All right, let's read this. Object number 6294. Object class case here. Special containment procedures. Due to the SCP's nature and its capabilities to hide or blend in as an everyday aeroplane, the SCP Foundation currently does not have the SCP in containment. I think it's fucked up that the title spelled it aeroplane, but then they just call it an airplane. That's what's anomalous about it. <laughs> the Foundation is currently working on new ways to contain the SCP, but chances to contain it occur very rarely. Since this SCP does <laughs> since SCP does not return Rarrick. to Earth. <laughs> oh well, what's this? Earth also not capitalized. Does not return to Earth until everyone on board has suffered and died. Based. <laughs> Alright, so I find it weird already that it somehow hasn't been captured. I mean, there are SCPs I mean, like, like that, but like the way the it's worded, it's very usually, noticeable. Usually, even the ones that aren't captured, it's like, we have this to track it, or like, this is how we know it exists. It's just like, like mm-hmm. oh, we, it can't, nothing can be done. It's simply too fast. Everyone must simply suffer and die. <laughs> die, and then it will return to Earth. Sauron's best friend must suffer and die. This is so sad. Alright, description, you ready? Description. SCP-6294, a.k.a. the aeroplane, looks exactly what it sounds like. That's, honestly, more SCP should just admit that's the truth. Like, we, like, I don't know, it looks like it sounds like, we know what it is, it's an airplane. It has a length of 231 feet, 231. <laughs> Fuck off! And a wingspan <laughs> of 195.8 feet, 195.8, you little fuck. I hate this. SCP-6294 is extremely hostile to humans. Everything is normal until it reaches its cruising altitude. At heights of 35,105... 35,105 centimeters. I would ask if I was a teacher. (laughs) Of course. Also, how come that one's not in the parentheses? I don't know. The SCP activates... How am I supposed to know what number it is? (laughs) The SCP activates dash one. Once this is activated, it is teleported to an ocean planet. 
This planet is 19,724 kilometers at its equator and is, of course, all water. One big One ocean, big. baby. <laughs> I like this SCB because it, I feel like it's written the way that I would make up a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is how I would say it. Passengers on board this flight will have no idea about what's to come. To them, everything seems normal. If they look outside, they see an ocean. They will think that it's pretty odd, considering that they just took off. But who knows? Maybe they fell asleep or something. (laughs) (laughs) Day one. Passengers will start to feel anxious. They should have landed by now. Day two. I love how this assumes that all people behave the exact same in this scenario. (laughs) Day two. Passengers will start to frantically call the cabin crew over. They don't come, of course. Day three. Passengers are getting dehydrated and are starting to starve. Day four, if any passengers are still living, if they've had a water source, they will start to eat other passengers to stay alive. It didn't take fucking I find long, it hard to believe that they immediately consult to cannibalism <laughs> on day four. Aren't there snacks on the thing? Yeah, a lot of them usually. Day four, no, too late, we have to eat each other. <laughs> I mean, like, there have been people being trapped for longer periods that have not resorted to cannibalism, I think. No, after four days, you know, just fuck it. And it's all, it's all passengers. It doesn't care who they are. So, like, does it imply that the plane mind controls them to act this way? Or is, are they just saying all humans act this way? Hmm. Day five. Remaining passengers will start to hallucinate due to toxic chemicals released by the plane. You mean the airplane. Ah, uh, chemtrails. Resolving the blood shed by dead or live passengers. Oh my. Day six. Any and all remaining life on the plane will start to go insane, seeing hallucinations horrifying beyond belief. I feel like they were already insane if they resorted to cannibals on day four. Day seven. Oh, that's just me. The doors to the no, it's completely rational. The doors to the airplane open, and all humans, luggage, etc., fly out into the cold oceans below. My question is, how do we know this? Yeah. Well, they put a camera on the plane. They put a GoPro on it. So we've got a camera on it. This wasn't mentioned in containment. That's. I thought we didn't know shit. Then we, then we have if you're wondering, but it's the wrong you're. Oh, if you're wondering why they couldn't get into the imprint, the cockpit to see what's going on, well, they can. And usually the passengers do. But once they are inside, they see two empty seats. Again, see, they broke it because now not only do we now have parentheses, but now we have the number, but it's not written out. The airplane's influence goes deep. How does it land to take care of the next batch of humans? Well, after the initial cleanup, the SCP activated Dash 2, meaning it takes the form of another aeroplane due to land in just a few minutes to multiple hours. This is a very strange use of Dash 1 and Dash 2 because it seems to just be indicate, like, powers it has. Yeah, it's like my second stand ability. <laughs> it's weird, too, because this doesn't really feel like an article in the SV Foundation. This feels like it's written in a way like a casual YouTuber talking about it. Hey there, guys! Like, this is how it works, by the way. Oh, are you curious? Like, hey, you know guys, I mean? before I talk about today's scurry plane, don't forget to join my free gift card giveaway. <laughs> Once it's done adjusting to this... Oh, it takes the form of another airplane due to land in just a few minutes to multiple hours. Uh-huh. Once it's done adjusting to this form, the SCP sends waves of radioactive energy towards its sister plane, causing its instruments to fail, making its engines go out, and in general, causing the plane to nosedive, killing everyone on board. The SCP is said to... Grab the souls of everyone on board and place each one into an identical temporary body. This is some fucking Gantz shit. The event of the crash will wipe from their mind. In fact, they won't remember the last half of the flight and not have much stories to tell to their families. After a 24 hour period, the body will turn to dust and their souls will disappear. Paul and the ref, like, this so wind, did... is that you, Abdul? <laughs> so I, 
I don't want to share on this too much because I think this is another one maybe written by a younger author who like watched SCP stuff. I know it's the profile picture is uh, Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the spelling mistake structure, there's not really a story to it the way it's written, I don't think. It's very strange because, like, to... my big thing again is how do we know this? How do we know that it grabs yeah, the how souls? does it obtain this information, especially because the foundation is just simply incapable of containing it somehow? But, it's, but, but even more specific, like, like, the souls disappear. Like, how do we verify it? How do we know? We just do, okay? okay. Look, I, I, the narrator's a reliable guy. <laughs> I trust him to the ends of this earth. Um, I wonder, although that, that that's funny because you mentioned that's kind of a thing in older articles. I wonder if there's like a Taylor article that delves into that. It's like someone's like examining the article. They're like, how the fuck do we know this? And they realize the guy's just been like making it up as he goes along. <laughs> just adding in his input. Um, no, but this one, I, I'll have to give it, I think, like a 2 out of 10. Um, I think its weak points are pretty obvious. I, I'm not going to dwell uh, on them too long, but just like, you know, lots of spelling mistakes, like I said. There's but it's an interesting really idea. It's, it's, it's got like, yeah. there's a good idea here. So it, I think the main thing the that casing held it of back the idea was the fact that it was called the aeroplane, but was only ever referred to as an airplane. That's the main the issue. <laughs> I think that's what held it back from the bonus stars. Um, no, but uh, as I always say with articles that I think are written by maybe younger, newer authors, I don't want Cravium to give up, obviously. I think it's cool that they put something out into the world, and I hope they keep working on it. Maybe get some crit for their ideas uh, before putting them up. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think there could have been something here with, like, a weird anomalous airplane. It just needed a lot more in terms of, like, structure and how the article was actually written. Um, any other criticisms from you? Um, like a bingo. Alright, uh, so then are we going back to Admonition, which is infinitely less interesting than the aeroplane? I'm sorry, the UVL is available. Yeah, that's where we're going. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. He said. Uh, okay, give me the link for the one we were on. Absolutely. So the pipe that you want to go to is uh, where it says alert, PH Rangers. Yes. Please, please send post-haste. You want it? <laughs> I'm like dangling it in front of you. <laughs> you try and grab it. You want a link? You want a link, dipshit? Uh, you said alert. Uh, yeah, alert, oh. exclamation mark. Alert. About just alert, exclamation mark. We'll do it. There it is. Okay, uh, and then quick reminder of what was going on with this. I remember it was like a machine so, that made people fictional and then brought them back. Machine made fictional worlds. And mm. they have a device as part of it that can go into that fictional world and bring fictional stuff out. They did this so as to make a new resurrect the like super good guy because he was yeah. like the fucking linchpin of the organizational structure. And just bring him out so he can keep working after he died. But when they went, and there was in, also he was all weird and messed like, up. And there was also the implication that like authors were gods or something. Well, this is like taken as a given for the purpose of the uh, the device, right? All right, shall we continue? So last we left off, they had gone in to finally get Director King, but things started to get weird. His facial vistas just sorted. Um, he was he spoke at info habit, they got expunged. It sort of implied there's like a vessel for something. And they, they fucking ran back to the real world. Damn. And then we have alerts. PH Rangers, narrative anchor engaged. Anti-Narimic content critical. Narrative exclusion zone established. Abandoned storyline if possible. <laughs> Alright, well they said we can stop reading. <laughs> We said we must. Uh, you're right. The following text contains one or more narrative hands hazardous vectors. 
Be careful. Right, let's get this party started, babe. Be careful, guys. SCP-C is a pervasive, hazardous, anti-narrative complex derived from and manifesting of as a mesofictional caricature of late senior administrator J.A. King. So this is kind of something I remember I talked about last time, was the idea that, like, I feel like the flaw of this, because the fiction was created by, like, people's, like, a group of people's opinions on them, that you would just create a caricature of the person. Exactly, I'm almost positive I mentioned something like that You did, you did, I remember. It's it's interesting things, like, what what do the empty spaces get filled in with? (laughs) Yeah, like, like... And it also brings up an interesting question, like, is it actually possible for any one person to truly understand another person 100%? Because you can only ever know what you observe of them yeah, and the, how they the present themselves to you. thoughts they never voice, you will not know. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't think there ever would have been a way to bring back Senior J. King. Like, the best they could have got is Guy Who Knows All the Stuff. Which I guess like, is what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, fair. But like, can you imagine if your if your work like brought you back to life, but only as a version of you that was really imagine good at working? Imagine having to work for someone else's original character. Do not steal. <laughs> That's fucked up. For reasons yet to be fully understood, Dash C causes a disruption of large-scale imaginon structures, your favourite word, in universes to which it is pataphysically linked, corrupting its own A, which I believe was the narrative itself, or story structure even, it was like the Yeah, it was like, it was like the alpha narrative, which is like the underlying narrative of the world or whatever. Yeah, corrupting its own narrative while annihilating that of any higher dimension. Dash C appears primarily proximal to particular anti-narrimes, narrimes, narrimes, yeah, I actually got it right, including, but yeah, not limited to... Perceived, so this is the uh, the, the tropes it, it is close to, I guess. Perceived antagonism, darkness, spirals, the integer value 7, 7, classical tragedic seven. conventions, modern comedic conventions, apples, apple seeds, and related products. 25. Believed to be an artifact of fictionalization attempt A13. I think that's what they made. Oh, that apple. was mentioned earlier. Yeah, that was in the, yeah. Let me have a picture of it here. That doesn't look good. <laughs> it's circling that, the local pathosphere. It looks like an orb that's like leaking out a swirly black hole or something. Dash C resides within and possesses ultimate control over Dash A3. And Dash A3, I think, is the machine that makes the narratives. Yeah, yeah I thought Dash C was like the CPU of it. No, this is new. I might be thinking of Dash C is new. Okay. And has recursively manipulated its narrative structure to achieve anti-narimic and ontokinetic abilities. All attempts to communicate with Dash C are complicated and obscured by poor imaginal description, leading to its mischaracterization of the basic line foundation as an antagonistic deific force. Manipulations are further hindered by frequent malfiction on behalf of Dash B, which has begun to demonstrate a tendency to inject Dash A with undesirable narims. Dash C regularly populates Dash A3 with Dash D, lesser mesofictional caricatures of other essential technical, research, and administrative personnel. Dash C and Dash D. Oh, so I guess it's implying now this king is imagining his, like, workers, and now they are D. Dash C and Dash D display varying degrees of cognitive and logical deterioration, often using their ontokinetic abilities to generate anomalous weaponry far beyond baseline capacity. Dash A3 now functions according to narrative logic that is fundamentally broken and chaotic. Its inhabitants are granted varying abilities at non-integrative intervals. We have named this world Aethral Space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> After his shaking, unlocked a light of the mind known as Aether. I love that it's called light of the mind because I still don't know what that means. The results of these abilities are directly prejudicial to baseline reality and its topological stability. Any latent operational capacities within your skipnet access terminal are henceforth dedicated to computing counter-narines to dash C's degradational effects. Relevant storylines must be abandoned within seven minutes. 
<coughs> Dash A contact attempts. Following the narrative corruption of Dash A3, Project X Machina was immediately halted. All relevant resources and personnel were redirected to prevention of the corrupted reality's influence on baseline. As a project, Project X Diabolos was officially approved. Tasked with researching, analyzing, and eventually neutralizing the threat posed by the newly antagonistic SCP A. Despite... Wait, so what was Dash A again? Because okay, so Dash C was King. Dash D was like his workers. What would Dash A and B? Let me go back. Dash A collectively designates isolated micro universes. Okay. And Dash B is the actual machine itself. Then. I see. I think I understand. Uh, despite several months of research and analysis, attempts to decrease Dash A3's narrative corruption have proven nigh universally unsuccessful. It's hypothesized the universe's imagined structures occupy a topology that remains foreign to the human biosphere. The following transcript is the only encryptable portion thus far, due to its inclusion of relatively simpler narrums. <clears throat> Video transcript. Date 2030-0401. Parties present. Dash C. Dash BRT, Dr. Jack Bright. Oh no. Dash KDK, Dr. Benjamin Gondraki. Dash CLF, Dr. Elder. This is actually kind of clever, actually. Um, and yeah, the footnote's actually going to explain it for me what I think is going on here. The latter three personnel had no involvement in Project X Machina as they had each been retired from service decades prior. It is believed that they were constructed by Dash B and or Dash C using latent memory structures stored within the former's hippocampus, as each had held senior executive positions for a plurality of Director King's research career. Whether the mesofictional exaggeration is caused by cognitive data corruption or Dash A3's inherent properties remains unknown. TLDR, that because they were such special OCs and the director remembered them because of that. Well, I think you're being a bit like special. too negative there. I thought it was clever. Well, what? It, well, hold on. What is it then? Well, it's, I thought that was the idea. The like idea they were is, so... well, these are just people he knows, but the reason like so wacky and stuff is because they're exaggerations of the people it says right there. Oh, okay. I see. So, like, they were well, not... I thought he was already an exaggeration of himself too, though. Well, yeah, and he's exaggerating them. I thought that was the whole idea. It was like people kind of being turned into stereotypes or characters. Exactly, and that's why the, like, these special OCs do not steal. Oh, I getcha. Okay. Forward. Dash A3 was observed to gradually gain narrative complexity over the following next duration, nearing levels comparable to baseline. Containment personnel were subsequently alerted to this deviance and attempted to focus measurement equipment on its source, resulting in Dash A's rapid descent to its prior narrative topology. Research is ongoing. Who do you want to be? <laughs> uh, okay, well, I definitely don't want to be bright. Uh, I'll be. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll, I'll do bright, you see. Yeah, you can be C. It's like King in... to Dewey. <laughs> you can... I don't know what that means. You can be King and Bright. I'll be uh, Kondraki and Clown. I guess I don't I think am. I know anything about Kondraki other than that. I so you're saying like, I'm a bright king? Yeah. Or a bright lord? <laughs> <laughs> you're bright from the movie Bright. My favourite character from the movie Bright, John Bright. <laughs> Forward. Dash oh, we all do this. Let's begin transcript. Video feed depicts the Site 19 director's office, occupied by an expansive wooden table at which four persons are seated. On three tall chairs are seated Bright, Kondraki, and Clef, the latter of which brandishes a shotgun. The fourth seat, substantially larger and resembling a throne, houses Director King. All characters remain motionless until Dash A3 reaches comparable narrative topology to baseline. Reality distorts in Vignette style, though the characters do not take notes. So, what you're saying, Mr. Sick and Coming Antichrist, 
is that we're essentially inevitably and irreversibly fucked. No, I'm not. I Yes, you are. You gave us all of this. Bright's gestures to its surroundings, which dissolved to display the chaotic anti-narrative wasteland outside Site-19, with floating buildings stacked upon themselves, where countless dashdy instances of Foundation personnel can be seen. They appear to conduct several mundane and ineffective actions using limited ontokinetic faculties. Bright turns back to SCP-C as the officer's walls reform, promising even more, and then dare to tell us we're done? Are you fucking stupid? You are misunderstanding. I mean, even I know that's kind of fucking sucky, buddy. Woe is me, we can't reach the fuckers that imprisoned us here. Ooh, look at me, I'm a super powerful motherfucking reality bender. Yet I somehow can't ascend to other planes of existence? My ass, asshole. Shouldn't it be planes P-L-A-N-E-S if it's planes of existence? Um, I think so, actually, yeah. That's not what I signed up for. Argument breaks out among the Dashti instances they protest Dashti's actions. The latter begins to levitate above its throne, apparently forcing the Dashti instance to be seated and silenced. Its eyes begin to glow empty sickness. (laughs) Silence, insolent fools! Your cretinous frivolity remains insignificant. I've given you power in exchange for servitude. Now serve, or die. Dash C returns to its throne with visible exhaustion. Its eyes return to their former appearance and it blinks twice. Okay, Jesus, sorry, no need to fucking scream. We're adults, for God's sake. You can just... I never doubted your age, Kondraki. What I, however, did and continue to doubt is the intelligence of you three. <laughs> Snaps its fingers, causing a blackboard to spontaneously appear near its person. It manifests chalk and begins to draw formula and diagrams of no apparent significance. Several popular math equations, as will be shown stereotypically in a children's show. <laughs> Dash C points towards them. So like the golden ratio quadratic formula, yeah. like the screen wipes. As you can see, <laughs> Queen of the Void and its Spetterman Spirals, Destroyer of Uninspired Worlds, Keeper of the Chains which Bind the Scarlet Idol, is gaining power with each of our moves. Eventually our energy will rise to such a level we'll be able to cross into that reality. And then, ex- reality. and then extend our reign to wherever we please. So I'm not abandoning you, you utter morons. This chaos theory is our salvation. This is chuny as fuck, and I kind of dig it a little bit. Dusty gives a- the others a pointed glare. Did you honor ironically just exposit to us? Is this hell all just some story to you? It is. That's what I've been saying this entire time. Ugh. I know all that, King. My point was not that you're an idiot and a liar, which you probably are, let's be real, but that we're fucked. Because we are fucked. Clef throws its arms into the air. We're in a story, but not like the rest of the assholes up there. Uh, He points towards the Foundation camera, gazing into 6747-A3. We're in a triple fucking nested story that's fallen apart because it's so utterly stupid. I mean, look around you! That doesn't change anything. Our plan will continue. We're almost done. Trust me. Uh, Kondraki sighs theatrically. Oh, Jesus Christ, who cares about that? I'm fucking bored, you goddamn cretins. That's all I care about. I don't give a single shit about anything else. Jesus! The exaggeration, yeah. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, Kondraki. Thanks to your cooperation, the bastards have given us enough intrigue to make them vulnerable. So just shut it and follow me. Dusty pauses as the blackboard and chalk demanifests. He snaps his fingers again, and a door behind his throne appears. Because once we're done, the fun will never end. <laughs> Dusty stands up from its seat, depicted staring into the observer's point of view. 
He smiles as his face visibly distorts and the fee disconnects. It became very anime trope very quickly, and I don't know if I like it or hate it yet. And very interesting pivot. Afterward, baseline narrative integrity compromised. All narratives relating to Dashi have subsequently become vectors for data lost. Countermeasures to its anti-narrative hazard have and continue to be enacted as available. Storyline structural stability at 66%. Me running no! on 10 of April space. <laughs> uh, we are at now at the 04 Command Summit 3 at number 6747-7. Hell yeah, my boy seven. is on the 03 Council, 04 Council. This is like scripts the article, my god. Alright, who do you want to be? I remember I was Vemhoff because he was fucking old. <laughs> I think All you right, were I don't remember... Yeah, I don't remember Ashworth's voice, but I'll go with it. Okay, he's a placeholder. Oh, um, you. Okay, okay, I'll be a placeholder. Do more work. <laughs> Forward. The following transcript is truncated for brevity. As majority of relevant overseer personnel were coincidentally unavailable at the time of crisis, Director Placeholder MD was authorized to recall to summit the lesser council to discuss potential solutions to the ongoing Dash A3 threat. The recording starts, focusing on Ashworth, PHMD, and Vemhoff. All of the personnel are engaging in smaller scale and less relevant discussions. Don't make me say I told you so for a second time, for fuck's sake. <sighs> Can we be constructed for a second, please? Focus on the fact that this pocket universe is a serious threat, and we do need to stabilize it. Immediately. Hold on a second. I'm still not sure I entirely understand what the stakes are here. What? What the stakes are here? What's narrative integrity, and why are we worried about it? There's really no point in me sending out briefings beforehand, is there? 6747-A3 is engineered to have the lowest theoretically possible capacity for narrative complexity. Inserting a high-density character like King into that universe caused some sort of collapse of its story structures. It's recursively folding in on itself, becoming more and more narratively unsatisfying. Narrative complexity this. Story structure that... You speak as though you're not toying with the very nature of causality. How is a pocket universe threatening us, though? I have to be careful describing this. There are certain sets of narrative elements, or narims, that are particularly unsatisfying and antagonistic, and when brought together, form a narrative pattern structure. Some sort of story or story fragments that actually is hazardous to its characters or others. Pataphysics discovered a particular narrative hazard a while ago, one that erases any story that it appears in. When we discovered what its specific narrims were, we accidentally almost formed it here and had to anesthetize almost the entire department. Woof! What does this have to do with. I'm getting there. He's <laughs> like, uh, English <laughs> point Dexter. <laughs> I'm getting there. We can't confirm this, as it's too risky to try and search for directly, but evidence heavily suggests that some version of this same hazard has manifested in the pocket universe. However, instead of destroying it, it's reinforcing the universe's structure somehow. It's merged with the king character, whose objective appears to be to escape by inserting its corrupted version of the hazard into our universe. And since Dash A3 is more fictional than us, they have access to far greater anomalous technologies with which to target us. So that's interesting. They can do fictional bullshit. <laughs> they can get Goku. Yeah, they could. What in the hell is the matter with you? This procedure can't be worth the risk. You must shut this abomination off. Ah, uh, no can do. 
The pocket universes aren't in the machine, it just manipulates them, and it's been unresponsive since the corruption. And even if we could terminate Dash A3 prematurely, we have very little idea what risks are posed by terminating a narrative before its proper conclusion. It's possible that vacuum would lead to the formation of even more dangerous structures. I imagine that magic won't work here. Afraid not. Not even rituals as powerful as the Codex would do it. I'll have to use my bright swan. No. Formaturgia <laughs> operates locally within a specified reality bubble. That's with exhale, scratching his head. He scrolls some of the papers present near the two personnel. Onto kinetics, then, I suppose. A sufficiently powerful reality bender could theoretically forever stall the progress of the... <sighs> Yes and no. The main problem here is that we know exactly of one general ontokinesis burr that can manipulate other reality spaces. Ashworth raises his eyebrow. That be... What is with Ashworth and the weirdly placed comments? Is that like his character? It might be. <laughs> or is it like a glitch? Like a... Not glitch. A fucking grammar mistake? It's very odd. It's, it's, it just, it's always in, though. SCP-3812. Shit, what's three? So that's basically uh, Goku. <laughs> no, he's not Goku, but oh. it's like the guy you don't want doing stuff. Okay. Uh, how about total reality alteration then? I'm sure Dash 17 has things that can alter layers of baseline to protect us for as long as they work. Then not lead sword to visibly angry. Sorry, I had to uh, calm down. You. It seems you've not learned a single thing, have you? If you can't be made to understand that manipulating the very reality structures of reality is not a joke, then we're doomed. What was that? <laughs> you are all insane yet again. No, no, the other parts. Venoff raises his eyebrow. <laughs> it's not a joke to make such drastic changes to our goddamn reality. You're right, it's not. PHMD begins to interact with his work tablets, accessing relevant documents and beginning to sketch a diagram. <laughs> What if it was? Are they going to turn it into a Dash J article so that it's like... That would be fucking... Actually, that would be fucking genius. <laughs> it would be. That would turn this to an instant 13 out of 10, if that's what happens. Project... Uh, after... Oh, see the following. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know what happened. My protagonism overcame <laughs> me for a moment there. Your narrative memes wasn't destroyed me. All right. Project Please, X Diablo. Success report. 2030-0413, Director Place, HMD, PhD, Pathics Department, Archetypicals Division. Intent. Maintain Dash A3's narrative dimensionality at a level which renders Dash C and its vectors ineffective. This requires the indefinite creation of fictionalized documents regarding Dash A3 possessing enormous volumes of narrative energy, an ongoing database of which is stored within an undisclosed Site87 database. Hypothesis. By instating high-energy narrative structures within Dash A3, Interest from hyper-narrative entities will cause it to gain more narrative dimensionality and consequently become more real. This will proceed until its deviance from normality is insufficient. Insufficient! Sorry, my narrative means went haywire. <laughs> hey, I'm here to I'm here to help you. Let me inject more narrative you. structures into me, please. <laughs> it's like a fucking, like a goddamn, uh, like Tamagotchi. a serum you put in your arm. <laughs> It's like the fucking cyberpunk meds. This will proceed until I'm going cyber psycho. <laughs> I'm going narrativo psycho. To allow for Dash C's inter-narrative capabilities. Result. Containment apparently successful. Zero instances of data lost detected since procedure, as it can no longer be transmitted through Dash C. 
Furthermore, it has been found that comedic and exaggerated narrative structures and caricatures have the greatest effectiveness in raising Dash A3's narrative dimensionality. The universe has since been redesignated TL6747-A, the LOL Foundation. So this, I actually, I feel like I understand enough about the community. That's kind of referred to like the super over-the-top like yeah. OC special articles. So this is implying that those all exist as a way to contain this universe that has the fictional version of these actual characters. I see. I think so as well. So kind of like retroactively, it's like all that super special OC stuff is just to contain this, which is a fictional characterized representation of who these characters are supposed to be. Which I think is kind of clever, but it also... It feels almost a little mean-spirited, or maybe it would if, like, the stuff of the Law Foundation wasn't so old that I don't think it really mm. affects the authors anymore. Um, it's interesting, to say the least. Uh, definitely, so it's all, almost what we described with the Dash J. Yeah. It's basically, like, the... Very interesting. Update 2030-0606. Regular monitoring of hyper-narrative activity regarding SBB-01-SWAN reader entities has revealed catastrophic damage to the structural integrity of a higher narrative universe, partially responsible for imagining various timelines adjacent to baseline reality. Data reading is consistent with data loss were found. Among this universe's narrative structures and subsequently expunged from all relevant documentation, the extent of Dashti's involvement, if any, are unknown. While this would typically be cause for concern, it appears that Dash A3 does not endanger inter-narrative relationships which are essential to the existence of the Baseline Foundation, as it's pataphysically linked to and therefore dependent on Baseline reality. I have to be honest, I don't, I didn't absorb any of that. I, I think this article, and I'm going to mention this at the end, is like, tries a, just does a little too much with the scientific language to the point where it's like, just babble. Um... But this is interesting, though, because this implies that, like, Law Foundation articles aren't written by author entities that write Foundation, but are, like, exist inside the structure written of by the Foundation, the foundation yeah. Yeah, which is very weird, because it's, like, a whole level of, like, fourth Wally meta stuff. Hostile Antonarum Bleak has purged. System lock disengaged. Fourth wall unstable. Hyper-narrative derealization imminence. We have a little soothing picture here. Oh, nice. Fourth wall broken. A storyline sought to control, an unexact its mortal toll. Another realm it wrought anew, a trusted character of you. Though from our makers were uncrossed, Darnell will exact the cost. That's what it says on mine, Darnell Jermaine will exact the cost. (laughs) Data lost. And then the link goes to the Law Foundation hub. The fun never ends. All right. This article I have very mixed feelings on. I think it was obviously really well put together by Ralston and Placeholder. It had the pres- presentation, as usual, is uh, fantastic. And the, yeah, presentation's top-notch. And I think the story it goes with and some of the ideas it introduces are like genuinely thought-provoking. It's and really t- cool. too much, maybe. <laughs> but I think they do, yeah, they do a little too much with the scientific language to the point where, like, some of it feels very obviously like techno-babble or, like, it takes away from the article rather than adds to it. Uh, I think if they just cut it out a little bit and, like, reeled it back and focused more on the narrative rather than, like, oh, ner- imagine on the Remoplex, it, it would be easier to follow and also more enjoyable. But otherwise, I don't want to give this article too low of a rating on that or with, like, the very minor spelling mistakes like planes because I thought this was pretty creative and fun and sort of kind of... It broke the fourth wall, but in a weird way where it's, like, it implies that they wrote the Law Foundation, which also implies that it has uh, some that the SCP Foundation universe has some sort of reach into our universe. 
It kind of does a lot, which is interesting, but it's also kind of confusing. I don't know. What do you feel? Do you um, feel? I would probably agree with you. Like, I don't want to use the phrase up its own ass, but um, it's a little it's, up. It's peaking. Yeah. It's having a look. It's definitely like, uh? it's um, that being said, well, I'll like, give this... It, it goes like a little too deep into the narrative sort of fourth wall break. Like, this, it, it, well, like, the concept goes too far. I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah. yeah. It's like just a bit too much. But um, I would say, like we said last time, knowing that... Imaginons never what? really ended up mattering that much, did they? Who, who did? Imaginons. Yeah. It was like, why did that need to be so, that would that without that that would already improve it immensely. Dude, I, feel. I, I straight up said this last week. I was like, Imaginons are like the middle class. It's like if it's all narrative and fictional, like acknowledged as fictional, we don't need to explain it then. Yeah, you can just say um, it's this narrative structure. You don't need to like the Imaginons form this topology. And it would almost fit the theme of like narrative importance and stuff more. I also didn't like how it how it implies that like some things like the hero's journey or like specific cliches have like have like importance or like power on the level of like the laws of physics like they're well, parts that, of reality the, and not the, just um, things that human culture in the narrative of the universe the narrative universe mm-hmm. but um that being said i'm gonna give this one i think a seven out of ten and my justification is i think structure writing quality wise it's a nine out of ten but i'm giving it two negative bonus stars because i i wasn't too much of a fan of how things were handled in it but i still think it's a good article and um, I, you know, good job as always, Ralston and uh, Play Soldier. But that's that's my thought on it. Seven out of ten. I probably agree with you there. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you agree that negative bonus stars are necessary. Smile. <laughs> I give it up. The imaginons <laughs> making me. My imaginons are too strong. Smile. <laughs> uh, I'm melting. I have so many imaginons right now. That being said, we need to read one or two more things. Do you have something short we could read? Um, something short that you did. That I did. Mm-hmm. Well, let's have a look. Let's go back. Let's go to. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Old Tan Honey. <laughs> I, I leap up like oh, me, <laughs> but I'm just a co-host. <laughs> You're the. Host. It's like people don't care about us. We're nothing. People love us. If you don't have anything ready, we could also read, um, uh, uh, we could do another, like, new article, or we could do, Did like, you see my, my like, Camelot one? I don't think so. This is the latest one I've written. It's, it's not too long. Like, I don't think any amount of that long, to be honest. What's the... Um, you, I think the longest one you've ever written is five Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. That one's a bit of a project. Uh, um, that's kind of long. <laughs> Hold on. A lot of it is script, though. I, I do I do see just quickly scrolling Guinevere and I'm like I remember Guineverium from the fake. Yeah, this is like the evolution of those ideas. I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, when did you write this, by the way? Um, this is the most recent thing I've written for the wiki. Oh, actually, no, it's not. It was um, but this was back in 21st of June last year. Oh wow! So that's quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, you wrote the ghost one since then, right? Um, I wrote an one for uh, anthology since then. That was in October. What, what was that ghost one you wrote? What do you mean? That people really liked. Oh, this was that was on prior to this. That was on the nineteenth of June. That was um. It was like on. an afterlife. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. It was an afterlife. Well, there was the afterlife, but there was also one that was like a, a sheet ghost or something. Oh, oh, that was that was far before. That was six oh nine six. Yeah. All right. Uh, SCP Woods.jpg uploaded file. I like that. 
Can I pop bonus right. on you since we I read I read a lot, please? Yeah, but you have to react. Okay. Whoa! It's like, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. Alright. Item number 6265, level 3 confidential. Containment class, you salad. Disruption class, V Lamb. Risk class, Cotian. See, I'm just like you. Uh, and then we have area directly above SCP-6265, and it looks like kind of a generic like forest, maybe in fall. Uh, special containment procedures. The land directly above 6265 has been purchased by a Foundation Cover Corporation, and all intruders are to be apprehended, interrogated, and amnesticized as appropriate. All entrances to 6265, save the main one, are to be thoroughly sealed off by construction personnel. A security checkpoint is to be established at the main entrance of 6265, and all personnel moving in or out are to be logged. Communication with Dash 1 is currently assigned to Dr. Mary Maris. An analysis of the interior of 6265 is currently underway by research staff. Until the purposes of all mechanisms within 6265 have been ascertained, they are not to be interfered with. Full mapping of 6265 is still underway by exploratory teams. Description. 6265 is a massive underground facility located several kilometers below the surface of Payne Pond Forest, Brittany. Well, sorry, Payne Pond Forest, Brittany, France. It is accessible through several hidden entrances embedded into the forest's undergrowth, five of which have been currently discovered, although further entrances are believed to exist. Research indicates that 6265 is an artifact of Camelot, an anomalous nation which existed in the British Isles and surrounding territories during the 5th and 6th centuries CE. I don't like this because this implies that Britain used to be cool, <laughs> which I'm not a fan of. <laughs> in terms of appearance, 6265 primarily consists of a winding network of tunnels around a central point, with security doors and cameras spread throughout the complex. Despite the great length of time since 6265's estimated construction, the facility is still active and operating, with fully functional lights and automatic doors. So does this imply Camelot was like sci-fi yeah. tech? Okay. The means by which the facility draws power is currently unclear, with numerous cables stemming from 6265 leading directly into the dirt and vegetation above it. Evidence suggests that 6265 was constructed around a large chamber directly in the center of the complex, visible through several sturdy portholes. This internal chamber appears to be filled with a translucent orange liquid, samples of which have been confirmed to possess potent, life-extending, and nestic properties. Floating within this chamber is... So it helps you remember. Yeah, and also extends your lifespan. Gotcha. Floating within this chamber is a female human figure, perpetually in the fetal position, with a long black cord connecting to the base of her neck from one of the chamber's inner walls. Eva much? Uh, this female figure is designated Dash 1 and identifies as Guinevere. Oh, she makes Guineverium? It's her creation? We will see. 6265-1 uh, is capable of textually communicating via the monitors present throughout the facility. She appears to be cognizant of all events within 6265 in view of security cameras, and is also capable of manipulating the facility via remote use of security doors and other mechanisms. In addition, she has demonstrated the ability to form highly advanced incubators out of the walls of the complex at its own discretion. At present, Dash 1 is cooperative with personnel and has freely volunteered information regarding 6265's history and purpose. According to Dash 1, 6265 was constructed as a production facility for genetically engineered humans, human beings by the Camelot monarchy. These humans were supposedly generated using the ruling king's genetic material as a base. Further alterations were directed and applied by Dash 1 on a case-by-case -case basis, depending on the purpose of the organism. Is this going to be some fucked up shit like we needed a chosen one to save Camelot so we like took a bunch of like we made a bunch of king clones so they could use the magic sword or whatever? Because that's what I'm kind of thinking right now. That's my guess so far. 
Testimony provided by Dash 1 suggests these requested applications can vary greatly, from the common purpose of war to more specialized areas of technical repair and diplomacy. Immediately proven wrong. Uh, Attendum Dash 1, Interview Dash 1. Following discovery and initial observation of Dash 1, the following interview was conducted via text using the monitor's spread throughout 6265. Note that interaction had taken place prior to this recorded interview. As such, some information is restated for ease of understanding. Uh, do you want to be Guinevere or User? Can I be or User Maris, rather. <laughs> is User and User Maris the same yeah. person? Okay. You're going to be User? Yeah, the User. Uh, let me let me try to do like a... Oh, ho, ho, ho. Your name is no, Maris. Maybe a bit less yeah. for the character. <laughs> this is so sad. I was I was looking forward to my Ojo-san voice. Okay. <clears throat> Your name is Maris, yes? I remembered this correctly? That's correct. And I am Guinevere, although I suppose that is obvious. A great deal of time has passed since I last received visitors. Does the world still follow the turning light of Steinalot? Steel... Steel note? Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah. I Steel don't, note? I don't... Oh, I see you updated the name. I don't think I've heard an entity by that name before. Can you describe it for me? Ah, where to begin? Steel note is the day and the night in the transition process between the two. He is steel and industry and the light of wisdom. He constructed the world in a perfect unity, with all components in their proper ratios. He is the almighty father and administrator of this reality, I'm going to guess, broken god. No. He is the divine apex. He is the machine made perfect. He is the metal star that births mankind. And that links, of course, to Church of the Broken God. <laughs> That's a very passionate description. I believe this deity is something worshipped by some in our modern world, too. Though it's called the Broken God, thou. Oh, the heresy persists, then. Heresy? A story for another day. I believe you are curious about the purpose of this facility? Yes. According to you, your kingdom's religion was based around worship of the mechanical of steel and industry. When we first initiate communication with you, you also indicate this facility was designed to gestate and produce human beings. I'm just having trouble seeing how those things match. Humans are machines constructed from meat. The distinction is irrelevant. Is that the same logic that led to your imprisonment here? Are you being imprisoned? Not at all. I chose this for myself. It was the hope of any child of Camelot to be of use to the almighty king, chosen of Steelnote. Four tried before me, but I alone survived integration. How exactly were you of use? A king is nothing without a dynasty, but our monarch was unable. He'd given too much of his body to his divine patron. Think of my mind as a single cog in a great mechanism. It is my task to imagine the king's children, to direct the machinery to create what is needed for the task at hand. It is a task I have performed for many years now. And you do this, what, forever? If you've been here since the time of Camelot, it's more than a thousand years. When does the work stop? The work does not stop. I have devoted my body and soul and my eternity to my king forevermore. That is my happiness. The king will return when the nation has need of him once again. I have faith that day will come. My work will be required once more. Please feel free to walk these halls. It is not what it once was, but I will still be glad of company. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them. Be glad of company? Maybe glad to have company? No, it works. That's a sentence. Glad of company. Okay. But for now, let me sleep and dream of the future. Um, 
popcorn. Addendum 6265-2, exploratory notes. Throughout exploration of Dash 6, uh, the SCP, several used incubators have been found in various areas of the facility. It is believed these incubators were previously utilised to gestate and birth the humans generated by the SCP. Monitors next to these incubators log information regarding the former occupants, and Dash Y01 has also proved willing to provide testimony regarding them. The following is a record of incubators located thus far. Incubator discovered on a wall near the entrance of the SCP. Unlike the majority of subsequent incubators, which are human size, this initial incubator is roughly the size of a human fist. Name, Guidre. Purpose, experiment. Aspect, son. Status, deceased. Visage, a small and wretched thing. He twitches meekly. Through his sacrifice, a dynasty is born. I'm going to guess this was like the best kid the king could make biologically and he's used for the DNA. Well, they have a little... Or, or maybe he was like the first fuck up and they just kept using his DNA. I'm curious. Oh, Guider. Or Guider. How do you pronounce it? I said it Guidre, but that's uh, completely based on nothing. <laughs> oh, Guidre. If this is upsetting, we don't have to discuss this here and now. No, there's no issue. It had to be confirmed that the royal nursery would actually function. I was directed to create a test case. A simple and short-lived thing. Long-term stability was not a concern. He was born dying. I sang to him as he passed. Incubator discovered in a hallway above Dash One's chamber. Incubator protruded from the ceiling of the hallway. Name, Hilde. Purpose, engineer. Aspect, daughter. Status, deceased. Visage. Her body is long in life, so as to slip and weave between the organs of mighty war machines. Her head lacks her that could snag, and her eyes peer unburdened by the dark. Her skull swells against the pressure of her brain. Her bones are flexible like water, and the fluids shed from her skin make her shine in the sunlight. She forgets nothing. The army of Camelot was the wonder of the age. Arthur led the charge, his armour intersecting with him and sustaining his life, white plates glinting in the sun. His augmented steed galloped with such speed that it could run along the water. Oh, my king. Oh, my king. Guinevere? Doesn't Guinevere usually betray Arthur in, like, Arthurian legend? Uh, usually, yeah. Interesting. Forgive me. Such gallantry. Behind Arthur flew the hundred banners of Steelnote, crested by the mighty war machines, walking castles sufficient to crush villages beneath their feet. Nothing could stop the march of Camelot. Nothing could stop the march of progress. But then how did they disappear? Hmm. But occasionally the march would slow. Why? Technical malfunction. A perfect machine would never break down, but even our mighty engines were hollow imitations of Steel Nut's glory. But that in itself opened up a new spectacle. Like worker ants, the engineer would pour forth and begin their repairs. They would writhe their ways between gears and cogs, their slippery bodies granting them great speed as they worked their way through to the damaged parts. (laughs) It took only minutes at a time for the error to be corrected. No hands would be faster than those of Hilde, however. No problem was beyond her brilliance. No obstacle beyond her reach. Oh, my daughter, oh, my daughter. They never came back to visit. So, wait, this is Guinevere Arthur's wife? Yeah. Well, like, okay. not wife necessarily, but, like, the, the individual who makes the kids. Okay. Did did Arthur have, like, a queen then in the technical sense, or was he just his own thing? He's his own thing in this uh, sort of Okay. Sense. 
So does this imply Hilda was released and did work, but she's yeah. like sealed away right now? Well, she died. You have a time. Oh, right. Status deceased. Sorry. Incubator discovered in a hallway below Dash 1's chamber. The incubator protruded from the wall and was approximately 15 feet tall. The glass of the incubator appeared to have been smashed. Upon examination, it was determined this was done from the inside. Name, Amber. Purpose, Destroyer. Aspect, Sun. Status, Deceased. Visage. His hair is flowing back, lack, and coats his body like a shawl. His skull pushes up before his face in the manner of a mask or helmet. He was born diminutive as an infant, but decides his own size with arbitrary passion. At times he is six feet tall, sometimes nine, sometimes twelve, sometimes fifteen. When he roars, the land shakes. To Camelot, he is a titan worthy of admiration. To Camelot's enemies, he is the ogre of a nightmare house. So he... and he was trying to break out from the inside? Well, when he was born, he just sort of broke his way out. Oh, I get you. Many times after Arthur accepted... So, like, this is, like, where they were born, but also their graves? Well, no, there's nothing here anymore. This is just where they came out. Oh, so they're, like, looking at empty things yeah. and she's describing them. And reading the records and stuff, yeah. I gotcha. Many times after Arthur accepted Steelnalt as the father and administrator of this world, he would face rebellions from the blind. At first, these were worshippers of the obsolete divinity. Whoa, someone forgot to capitalize the T there. Tanhony. Well, Tanhony. Uh, Guinevere forgot to do it. She's typing. <laughs> okay. These were worshippers of the obsolete divinities, easily crushed with steel and flame. But as the truth soaked into the land, the nature of these adversaries changed. How so? Even our notion of steel knot was but a simple interpretation of the absolute mechanism. It is no surprise that, with time, alternate interpretations would arise. The rebels that plagued Camelot for many years followed a rusted, shattered god, a wretched, malfunctioning thing that was the source of all human misery. They believed it was their duty to repair this dying deity, so as to perfect this flawed universe. I don't see how that requires war. At first, neither did I. But the king is never mistaken. Camelot was founded on Steelnot's supremacy. So I'm, I'm noticing a pattern with you in supremacy, Tanoni. <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested in that. To cast aspersions on that is to deny Camelot itself. Traitors cannot be suffered to live. I'm sure you understand this as well. Hello? I believe we were discussing the incubator our crews found yesterday. Am I right the name was? The rebels were sometimes formidable. Excellent soldiers were needed for battle. Augmentation of the body sufficed for a time, but the time came when a better class of warrior was necessary. Emma was born to destroy Camelot's enemies. He smashed fortresses, burnt villages, devoured mighty knights. Once that was accomplished, there was no further need for him to exist. He died? Arthur slew him, and the land was broken from their clash. I asked that his bones be returned, but my king could not spare the men. There was a great deal to be done, after all. I understood. I understood. So see, she's a sad mom. She loves her kids, and Arthur clearly does not. Incubator discovered in a massive room located directly above Dashwan's chamber. Incubator was elevated slightly by a pedestal beneath it, but was itself estimated to be only four feet tall. Name, Arkfed. Purpose beloved. Aspect child. Status deceased. Visage. The hair is white and billows down to the ground like snow. Their features are fair and heavenly, so as to inspire devotion. Their voice is sung, so as to inspire the people's love. Their four eyes shine black with cosmic wisdom. At times, they choose to float above the ground. 
When they spread their forearms wide and preach, the whole world must listen. It is required of them. Arkfed was a fine child. The final product achieved the brief perfectly. What does that mean? The brief perfectly. Well, the, the brief, like this, this end, like this is what we want. Make this. Ah, I see. I could not hope for more pride as a mother. If you don't mind me asking, then, what was this brief? The purpose is listed as beloved. What use is that in a mechanical kingdom? It is vital. In what way? As machines need fuels, humans need morale. There is nothing more inspiring than a being of beauty and wisdom to pledge your sword to. Armies would charge to their deaths for Arkfed's smile. They did. Propaganda, then? That was the intention? If that is what it means to be beloved, then certainly. There was not a soul in Camelot that could deny Arkfed's requests, bar Ancelos. Ancelos? The chief engineer of this place, before the fall of the kingdom, before your people assumed those duties. He held certain affect- he held certain affections for me. As it did not impact his work, I saw no need to dissuade him. My decision was incorrect. I take it that it did impact his work, eventually. Yes. At some point, he acquired the notion that my duty was something I required rescuing from. Nonsense. He took steps to sabotage this facility, to betray the king. He poisoned the mind of my final born in that effort. He thought revolution the ideal way to give me my supposed freedom. Your final born? We're still talking about Arkfed here? No, of course not. Arkfed was always the king's favourite. When they fell... When they... When they fell... I'm sorry, I will not speak of this further. Incubator discovered in a small room located far below Dashwan's chamber, in a separate section accessible via ladder. The room itself was behind numerous sealed doors that had to be breached via drill. Name, Mordred. Purpose, Ur. Aspect, Bastard. Status, Living. What? Visage. His hair is short and dark across his head like that of- Oh, Bastard like from a- from not a queen. Okay, I see. His hair is short and dark across his head like that of a burr. In his right hand he holds the killing light, and from his left he births the dreadsword Clarence. He is four-eyed and seven-fingered. When he roars, he shakes the earth, but he does not roar often as he is of the serpent's kind. The king's blood is still upon his blade. He will know that you have found this. He will know that you have found this. That's what I said. Uh, so seven fingers, does that imply seven fingers to a hand or seven total? Uh, seven fingers each hand. Nice. Uh, was, is he an SCP of his own? Uh, no. But he is living, okay. it says. <laughs> nice. Mordred the Red Stepped. They say he is the lowest scum in all the world. They say he brings the end of days. They say that he will never die. They say this? What about you? What do you think? What do I think? What would you think of the person who ran your beloved through, who destroyed your kingdom, who tore down your world? Hello? I would say it depends on the reason. Yes. I think it would depend on the reason as well. Dendon 3. On 1901-2022, new advances were made in the full mapping of the SCP. By clearing heavy amounts of vegetation that had grown through one of the complex's walls, personnel were able to gain access to a previously unknown secondary entrance to the SCP. During exploration of the secondary entrance, heavily decayed human remains were recovered. This corpse was clad in a highly advanced, if decayed, form of mechanical armour. A dating indicates the individual likely perished thousands of years prior. When located, the corpse was still holding a steel tablet engraved with hundreds of rows of small characters. 
these characters corresponded to no known language, but when they were presented to the SCP-1, it responded with the following. Production order received! Oh, my king! Oh, my king! Oh, blessed Bedivere, your mission complete! Oh, my king! Oh, my king! Camelot rises! The following day, a new incubation chamber emerged from the wall directly outside of Dash 1's chamber. Details are presented below. Name, Arthur. Purpose, King. Aspect, Father. Status, Growing. Visage, Magnificent. Observation is ongoing. So she had an order to, like, rebirth him, basically? Lamau. I liked it. It was funny. It was kind of cool. I liked the interesting implications of Camelot and that there was something beyond the broken god. Um, that opens it up to make me to make me want to know more. Um, but you didn't capitalize that one letter at the beginning <laughs> of a sentence, so I'll have to give this a nine out of ten. That, I hope you understand. Damn it! We could have been. We could have had it all. We could have had it all rolling in the deep. No, I really liked it though. That was fun. I want to know more about this Camelot canon you've created. Perhaps we will or, see. Or are you just adding to it? Well, I will probably do more stuff in this universe. Or, I mean, like, is it something you made, or is this no, also a different canon? It was sort of based on, like, loose, sort of, like, implications in other articles that Arthur... Well, like, there's another version of it. Arthur has, like, a completely different relationship with the Church of Broken God, but I just thought those two concepts were cool together. When are you going to tell me about Guinevereum? What's that about? What's that about? Well, uh, that's nothing yet. <laughs> well, we have the comment reading. Yeah, we do, I suppose, huh? Let me get that open. Let me refresh. Imaginon theory. How do you feel about Imaginons? Um, I I love them. I made so many of them. Alright, shall we begin the reading? Because some of these comments are really long if I remember. Sure. Alright. Chrysanthus says, I concur with the Technobabble being too much in this one, even when I love some good intentionally consistent Technobabble. With that said, I already read this article, so I will only say that I like it, but less than other admonition ones. I hope you keep reading Admonition, but not all in a row. Just coming back sometimes. Finally, I won't say the password. You are not my father, and you can't tell me... Give us your room. I won't tolerate this kind of fucking behavior anymore. <laughs> it's not like I remember it anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry. That would, be, that would be very mean of her. <laughs> you know, that's the same. <laughs> Terrible father, Tanoni. Final Give boss. us your fucking room. <laughs> yeah. Fucking useless. I can't believe Go I... Go back to your cupboard and the stairs. <laughs> Edit. Wait. Is Cosmic Top Secret really the higher... For NATO? I kind of think something that is in the top of the top secret for real organizations is some term we don't actually it's know. It's right, you're right, it's Vampo. Yeah. Vampo? <laughs> it's just called Vampo? Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? It means top secret. <laughs> Vampo. Uh, JTKC says, Wahoo! I was on the boat the day the episode went out, so I couldn't get first comment, legally, of course. I'm pretty surprised when people say they didn't like the Chaos Theory as much. Was that what we read, Chaos yeah. Theory? As much, but taking another look at it, I get why people get turned off by the technobabble, but I live for that shit. At the time of reading, I also found pataphysics as a concept so fascinating, and having a whole document just going into the nerdy details was just so appealing to me personally. Can't wait for Metanostic next week's smile. Password one. Uh, it was probably the caption with the Leorio face or a gift from Alan. Like, I don't even remember what the yeah, password was. I don't remember <laughs> I remember the second uh, I don't know what was. password one the, was. Password two is how they come with their own OCs for the lumps. Alright, let's see. Password 2. I just want to say this is my new favorite part of the Tanhony Towers lore. My headcanon is the months are their actual names, and that was just part of Tan's job requirements. (laughs) 
January, the funny comic relief character that is in charge of hiring the other 11 months if they need replacements. You have to defeat her to earn your place in the ranks. Hence why she's technically the weakest. Alright, uh, February, he's the trickster Joker character that designs all the overly complicated traps he's the in Joker? the torture chamber. Yeah, maybe. He's the trickster Joker, actually. <laughs> he cheesed the Jan fight, which is why... <laughs> he cheesed the Jan fight, which is why he's the second weakest. March, the Tanhony Towers AI who fights in a Gundam sometimes. April, waitress, scales higher than an AI Gundam, apparently. Uh, May, just May from Guilty Gear. <laughs> uh, June and July are a brother and sister duo and the only months that are considered equal in power. Insert duo boss fight here. August, August, my good pal. <laughs> September, August, but stronger. And the rest are taken. I rate this episode 100 out of 10. I September is what you get instead of stars. August in New Game Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I conjured 90 bonus stars from all my Imaginons. Have a good week, guys. All right, so those are what we have for each of these so far. So I'm keeping that in mind as we go forward. Uh, Nox Stella says, this one kind of makes me think of Tulpas. I struggled with this one a little. My ADHD did not like the technical jargon, but you guys always make it fun. Thank you. I was in the exact same boat, Nox. Uh, also, Tulpas is a throwback. Uh, MT says, I also have terrible remembering names. If the names are, not, are more than two decibels, I'm going to need a few months to remember names. By the way, I'm currently in college for graphics and multimedia, which includes a solo 3D short film video. So if it isn't much trouble, would you two be willing to voice some lines only if you can? Well, I, I would be, be honored. I would be honored to help you, but just know that we don't exactly have the best quality mics. So I would keep that in mind if you're sure you want us to voice. But if you want us to and you're on the server, it's your thing. Uh, depending on what a few lines means like if it's like 30 billion lines then it's no but if it's like five sure um couldn't be bothered with a name says cosmic top secret isn't something that writers made to sound cool or something that right there is the an official nato classification this isn't something made up it's just actually real i like how they said it like like <laughs> Like a fucking, like, like the speed wagon of the comments section. <laughs> Pointing, oh my god. <laughs> Even couldn't uh, be bothered with a name is a phrase. Oh my god. Uh, Diano Tail says, yeah, this is my least favorite of the Adam Bunch. I feel like if it were to just be about the Foundation using fictional worlds to bring dead people back, instead of introducing this whole author and fictional science stuff, I would have enjoyed it more. Password 1. I believe Tanhony sent a video of the one guy smashing his keyboard. Password two. I'm trying to I remember what one password one was because these responses do not. <laughs> yeah, they don't make any sense. <laughs> I'm lost. Uh, password two. I only have one character. November, a stellar sea cow named Nove who enjoys pizza and Family Guy. As for that, that's not strong enough to defeat August, so it's not canon. I'm sorry. Uh, as for that recommendation, I would have to go with five nine eight four. It's a personal favorite of mine. Thank you guys for all the awesome content, as well as giving me a chance to recommend again. You deserve a reward. I did promise, didn't I, that I would read their recommendations. So I guess I have to next episode. Mm, I promised. My, do you want me a right. word to be as dirt? Yes. <laughs> Your word is dirt. You still haven't done the 8th Earl Space lore video. I still intend to do it at some point. Yeah, well, you know what they say about intentions. They're worth squatting this world. Someday. The results. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you deserve a reward. Anomalous, use the blank XMCD-2 to make Tanony and Darnell waifus. Uh, you misread that. Wafuis, actually. Wafuis. Oh, God damn it. I was really my, hoping we'd get waifus. My wafuis here. 
Wafu is like the name of like a weird like Chinese knockoff stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah, Finally, it. my Wafui. It's like a monkey with the face of a man. Uh, he says, "I wonder it's happening." I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got me. Even Chisalia the sun says, is feast for mortal eyes. <laughs> Shaithalia says, Imaginon kind of sounds like how my province's language would turn the word imagine into a verb. If there's an A-class personnel, who are the S-class? Probably the O5 and administrator, I don't know. I'm the S-class, because S++. I am top... S++. Uh, Sobek says, great episode. I can't remember if you have covered SCP-2747 Anaphilaba on the podcast, but it's pretty relevant to this article and would be worth reading in a future Pataphysics episode. I also think Darnell would enjoy the themes of 4028 La Historia de Don Quixote de la Mancha. Uh, or Mancha, maybe. That's and a it's one. a hippo article. As a more positive and self-deterministic take on Pataphysics and ma- narrative stuff. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's what I need. Password 1, Tan has sent Darnell the Leorio. What is this fucking what is, password? What was password 1? Alright, the password for this video is to tell us what password 1 of last exactly. video was. Because I don't understand anymore what happened. Uh, password 2. February is the janitor of Tan Honey Towers and keeps everything in its proper place. They have one of three master keys that can open any door in the towers. Physically, they are the second weakest Gregorian general. <laughs> but for one day, every four years, they unleash their loop energy form and become February Leap Beast. I love it. That was canon. I like that. That's canon. I like February. Uh, Banker Paul says, uh, password. January is little stick bug that stabs at you with its legs. Uh, February distracts you with promises of love to make you an easier target for the other executioners. March is Hamilton. That's canon, by the way, now. Um, April's the waitress. The waitress has not made an appearance in quite a while. Who? The waitress? Yeah, not made an appearance. We talked about her last video. Punches you in the face and you fall to the cafe floor. The waitress gasps, holding the plate to her chest. (laughs) Spilling the food everywhere on her apron. May. Reality bender that can only use their abilities on kitchen utensils. June is a skilled martial artist and master of the, the ancient a- art of the extra April, the wages' entire existence is being shocked when I attack you. <laughs> yeah, she's like the f- only the fourth weakest. <laughs> Hamilton is weaker than the waitress. Wait, is this an order of power? Yeah, we, we described that. We said the further along in the months it goes, is the more oh, sh- is the stronger they are. That's, like, that's why all the Januaries are pathetic. Uh... June, a skilled martial artist and master... Oh, sorry. July, flaming lips, havoc moon, but as a human and weaker. August is August. September is the tougher This August. is like an unambiguous canon. Did we say that, or is this just like consensus? I think I said that at the end of the episode that I wanted it that way. Uh, October is an amalgamation of Hamilton's nightmares brought into the physical Hamilton's world. Hamilton's nightmares November- are stronger than Hamilton. <laughs> November, an enlarged turkey carcass fueled by the torment of Thanksgiving's past. December. It's quiet out here. The desert sprawls from horizon to horizon, where purest white meets twilight red. There are no edges here, no angles, just curves and the gentle rise and fall of dunes, as far as the eye can see and everywhere beyond that. Had a visitor from some other world laid eyes on this place, they might have found it serene, even beautiful. Pure. I can enjoy no such delusions, regretfully, for I know what lies beneath and among the sands of the endless desert. A charnel house spanning an entire planet, seven billion human souls ground thin and fine until no trace of their existence could ever be found. I know this because I put them all there. December's fucking scary. 
<laughs> terrifying. Does this imply December is the one who who created the Tanoni Towers? The original and brought everyone here. Oh my god! Yeah, that's who it was, and you overthrew him. <laughs> End password. Fun fact of the week: the first track of the Hollow Knight OST, Enter Hollow Nest, was not actually used in game. I remember. Oh, Jesus Christ! It keeps going. What the fuck? <laughs> this is just a whole segment at this point. I remember, this is like remember Hunter Spadafora. Uh, it's like oh, his reincarnation. Yeah. I miss Hunter Spadafora. I remember some time ago Darnell had a section for the podcast about DSCP server news, but he quit doing that, and I like the idea, so I've decided to resume it. <laughs> I did forget to do news. I love that. I've decided to resume it. Read this out now. I don't want to read, read it. Read it. <laughs> I don't want to. Do it. <sighs> that fucking joke pushes you out of the way. The waitress gasps as you slip in the mustard. <laughs> I say, don't worry about me, waitress. I'll be fine. And then I hand her a tip. This week on DSCP News, there's been talk of Tanini releasing Ethereal Space. I'm going to have a look through it. I think we've got past the point that there would be spoilers for. Orchid yeah. posted some images of Captain. Donnell shared a video titled Eminem Becomes a Second Century Warlord. Slow news, week, huh? Like a full left. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh. But you came back. Ah. Wendigo did some art of photography and Orchid searched some bracelets you made. Hypotheses were formed on killing Hamilton and reviving him. Only do one of those. That's all for today. Tune in next week for the next installment of DSCP News. We might have actual content next time. Are you happy? Yeah. Were you satisfied you read that? Yeah. Did that add to your life? Yeah, Alright, heartbeat shot. <laughs> My heart goes flying <laughs> out, the waitress catches it and cries. The, wait- <laughs> the waitress flutters her eyelashes and throws the heart back into your chest. <laughs> Thank you, April. <laughs> <laughs> Coming Man Kelp says, cool podcast. The story is good. I like the background music better. Do you get this? What's the background music? Do you, like, do you get this? In the AI generated Discovered SCP episode, that is what he supposedly said. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anomalous Writer says, Admonition Part 2, Wowza. Yeah. Uh, Orchid Stream says, trying to understand all this techno babble feels like homework, dot dot. Not my type of article at all. I think you injected more anger into that than it was. <laughs> I, I, that's just me. What can I say? Uh, Guari SCP says, I never liked Chaos Theory as much as other admonition articles. It was just too technical, and dropping multiple paragraphs of exposition in the middle of the story made it feel eternal. So I wonder what you all think of it. Personally, my favorite are the third and fourth ones, which I imagine you'll read next, and I hope to see the fifth come soon to the wiki. Um, sorry, you won't. The fog is coming. You're going to the tunnel. Um, <laughs> this is new right, law, by the so, way, that I introduced off the podcast. There's a Tannany tunnel as well. What's in the tunnel? It's below Tannany Towers. It's where December well, this, it, it's, it's sealed. This contradicts the dwarf fortress I created, which was the base I was hiding underneath the tower. That is one of the extensions of uh, Tannany Tower. It goes sideways into other dimensions. Oh, I see. There are echoes of it across the multiverse. <laughs> there are echoes across the loops. <laughs> but yeah, the Tannany Tunnel oh is below Tannany Towers, and it's where we sealed away December. <laughs> I also had new lore regarding the loops. I like the idea that like the more we loop to like stop the world ending the more we have to keep looping because the universe is trying to maintain its inertia. So, like, we loop to prevent it, but also we can never really stop looping exactly. because we've the loops started are getting looping. shorter. It's very despair-inducing. Yeah, so, so like, soon if we don't think of something, we're just going to get an infinitely short loop where, like, nothing can exist or matter. We may have to use that project. No. But... And, that's where we cut off the video. Yeah, anything else you need to say to these people? These lovely videos? 
Oh, he already, he already ended the episode. He ran away from his duties. I'll say goodbye as well. See you later.